Welcome to Running is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Amy, with it, episode 40. So a huge thank you to everyone who's stuck with it so far. Hey, what a fantastic milestone. It is. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. <laughs> Just a little quick update before our bullshit. We talked last time about Rachel Pelican walking up and down her lane. She's covered at least 70 miles this month. Um, there has even been some drone footage of her, which is incredible. Yeah, she must be so bored. Or maybe, she, you know, it's like that transcendence race. She's maybe reached <laughs> enlightenment by now and she will leave this mortal coil and, you know, be one with the universe. Perhaps that's the next challenge, is just to walk it as many times as possible, non-stop for like days and days at a time. Yeah, yeah, until you reach enlightenment. That's great. I mean, well done to her as well, you know, hats off. Because I know that in the past, you know, she started running with us and then she was having, you know, issues with her running. So she stopped for a bit. And I think she has quite bad asthma as well. So that mm. sometimes interferes with her running. Um, so to do this as a challenge has just been fantastic. Yeah, and mostly what I like about our Facebook is all the baking she does and all the cooking because she posts a lot of photos of her food and, oh, I need some of that flapjack. I know, I wish I'd isolated with her. (laughs) Uh, So, Amy, what's been your bullshit? I've been running still. I have been consistent with my running for many weeks now. And my latest thing is I've been getting up really early to run. I've been getting up at 5am every day. Five? every day, but yeah, five. (laughs) I've been going out for a run. I've been getting up at five and then I get out of the door for like 20 past five-ish and going out for a run and it's been really, really lovely. Especially as it's so hot, it's just really fresh, there's no one around, it's been fantastic. And then I get it that done, I get home, I get most of my work for the day done because obviously we're all working from home and I'm pretty much done with like the things I need to do by midday and I'm like rest of the afternoon lays around. Super hopefully, productive. Hopefully your employers are not listening to this. <laughs> they don't, I don't work set hours like well, I do I do okay. work set hours, everyone does, you know what I mean? Like I do have a contract with hours in, but it doesn't matter when I do those yeah. hours, which is how it should be. If you're not a job where you've got to be, you know, instantaneous okay, okay. whatever. But yeah, I I've become one of those really annoying people during lockdown that becomes more productive rather than less productive. Oh no. Yeah. Um, are you running past people first thing in the morning saying, best part of the day, and that kind of thing? No, because no one's out. It's just me. That's the nicest thing about it. And if there is someone out, it scares the shit out of me because I'm like, what are you doing out at this time? Am I going to get murdered? Or so. are you going to murder them? Yeah, that, that's the thing. That's you know, Because if- what if you're the murderer all along? Well, exactly. And this is the thing. Top safety advice, and I want all the women especially to listen to this. If someone tries to murder you, just act crazier than them. And they uh, won't yeah. fuck with you. Just scream, piss yourself, roll on the floor, you know, whatever. Just act crazier than them and they'll soon be gone, you know. Top tip. You don't see that on blogs, do you? Top safety <laughs> tips for runners. Piss no, yourself. It, it, jumps, it jumps straight to, like, carry a gun. You've got your own you've got your own weapon and it's just pissing yourself and screaming <laughs> and talking gibberish and they'll soon, they'll soon start off. They won't want to know. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I've also been getting up early and running, but not quite 5 a.m. Um, well, you see, it gets to my one of my points here, which is a tweet I put out the other day, which says, get up early is great, obviously, because it's a bit cooler. There's less people. You feel a bit smug about it as well. That's, you know, a good factor. But the thing is, you're up at five and out by 20 past five. Do you have time for a pre-run poo? What do you think those 20 minutes are for? <laughs> Why I just think-, think you're cutting it a little fine. That's all. To, to be fair, like... 
It depends. They do say, and I've said this before, if you don't poo, you don't run. No poo, no run. I did Cardiff half constipated and got a PB at Cardiff half. So it's just one of those things I think it's difficult. That's running scared, that is. Sometimes I figure if it's not going to come out now, let's just hope it holds off for the next hour. Okay. And sometimes running can move things about a bit. It helps if you've got a bit of uh, constipation. <laughs> yeah, it can do. I had lots of people um, coming back to me telling me I should drink tea or coffee in the morning. Uh, I had Alison said she gets up 45 minutes early, which now means no. she's up at 4.45 in the morning. Yeah to have some coffee and like go for a run and then do all the kids and stuff pizza has a coffee and goes back to bed no i'm not i'm not a go back to bed person once i'm up i'm up no no and cheryl current which i really hope is a real name for some reason i love it um she just said get up 10 minutes early and concentrate which i love (laughs) that that's my approach but here's the thing like i read so many times on blogs especially um like americans who who drink a lot of coffee saying that they will get up like 45 minutes before, half an hour before, have a coffee while they do their emails or whatever and then go out for a run. I can't do that because if I give my brain space in that time to think I don't want to go for a run, I won't go for one. So I can't like get up, have a coffee and sit down on the sofa and do something else. I need to get up and the only place I'm going to go other than put my shoes on is the toilet and then just get out the door. I can't give myself the opportunity to do other things or else it's game over. Okay. If I end up shitting myself, so be it. That's the price I have to pay. And if anyone tries to attack me, that's your weapon. Yes. Oh, perfect. That ties in nicely. I mean, if you shit yourself, no one is going to murder you. No, exactly. Exactly. You see? Amazing. So I didn't get up that early. um, And it's just the one day where I just, I don't know, it's just that last mile. I just had a little kind of, oh, perhaps I'll just speed up a little bit. I mean, you know, we weren't close or anything, but I just started to think about it. Um, so this morning, uh, I got up early for my run, had a tea first, sat around for a bit, the magic happened, and then I was off. Yeah, there you go. It does feel good when the magic does happen, because you feel a lot lighter, you feel nimble on your feet, you know. <laughs> Is it like when uh, you take a dog for a walk, they have a poo, and all of a sudden they go mad and start running around? Yeah. I think it's a similar thing, isn't it? Yeah, it must be. Yeah, how are you coping with the heat as well? That's what everyone will be talking about, or well, that's what runners will be talking about, the heat. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I've not been going out in the afternoon. I, I still see people going out for runs like between midday and five, and I'm just thinking you're mad. I don't understand that. Right. I saw a guy the other day when it was still really, really hot. You know, about twenty four, twenty five degrees. He was going for a run, and he was wearing tights. He was wearing a long sleeve top, and he was wearing. This is the thing. Like, I'm I'm assuming he's training for something because. Um, You know, some people are training for races that are very hot or whatever. But he was wearing like a headscarf and then he was wearing a mask, like a like a buff, over his face as well. So like all you could see was his eyes basically. Every other part of his body was covered. Yeah, that's got that's gotta be some heat training, surely. Surely. If it's not, mate, that's not good for you. That is not good for you. He looks hot. Well, it's like our former guest, uh, Reese Jenkins, he's, I've seen online, he's been doing like heat training in his like sauna or whatever he's got, but he's also been doing like uh, runs where he wears a couple of extra layers as well because he's yeah. running through Death Valley. So, but the thing is, you kind of need a t-shirt or something on that just says, I'm heat training, don't worry about it or something like that. Because yeah, all the looks I'd get, I couldn't handle it. I'd have to tell everyone I ran past just to let them know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't, even like the other day when I went out for my half past five run and I was coming Ugh. back I was starting to sweat and get hot then and it was only like half past six so not good with heat at all hate no. it um, my other little thing is that I cut my hair even shorter than yours just to 
Anything you can do, <laughs> I can do better. <laughs> you know why? It's funny. This is like slightly off topic, but um, we we have this competition with our neighbours with the plants and the birds, uh-huh. where like our terraces sort of face each other, where we have to have more plants on our terrace and better plants, <laughs> yeah, and course. we have to have more bird seed and better quality bird seed to get mm-hmm. better birds. So I don't have a running nemesis, but I have a terrace nemesis, you know. Yeah. And we bought some. Uh, we bought two fig trees today. So that Ooh. totally blew everything out of the water because they, they're they're like watering their garlic and stuff like that. They're growing pitiful in these tiny pots. And fig we walked trees. in with these like two, like five foot fig trees and our massive fuck off pots from Wilco's. And we're like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm just imagine you looking them straight in the eye and they staring back. You're like, oh, nice pots. Thank you very much. And just like <laughs> exactly. really, really a forced, polite conversation while you stare at each other. Exactly, exactly. So we're we're winning this round, but but I do I am liking the the hair and the beard combo. It's very yeah. like cult leader, oh. you know, <laughs> drink the Kool Aid. <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, if I could run ultras at the moment, I assume I would be brilliant at them because I'm getting a proper ultra beard now. Yeah, everyone knows that's what you need to run ultras is beard. You can store like food it. in it and eat as mm. you're running. That's the key to the. Ultra. I mean, there's a lot of space in there. I can get all kinds of shit in there. It's good fun. <laughs> it's full of secrets. To catch up from the last episode, we had lots of reactions to cross-training. Everyone hates cross-training. Uh, Charlotte Neverson said, Skipping is BS. Quite frankly, outraged at the endorsement last week. This was lockdown day two. Sorry, I should have flagged the BS earlier. And then there is a photo of a fat ankle. Jeez. I mean, I, I, I do assume from context that is a swollen ankle. That is not just a yeah. big nasty ankle. But that is huge. Yeah, that's nasty. Um, um, I did go back to and just say we're going to need more context there because you know Amy's going to ask for it. Yeah, obviously. You can't just send us a picture. Anyway, yeah, get on with it. Yeah. She said, <laughs> having been inspired by clubmates to cross train, thought I'd try and got out the skipping rope that I hadn't seen use in about 20 years. It was going well until I reached the end of the concrete section and I was actually listening to the pod at the time as well. Clearly distracted. Nearly better now. I assume that means as she was skipping, she was drifting perhaps across the garden or something and just <laughs> slipped off the something there and just twisted her ankle and that is blown oh. up amazingly well they're the worst ones where you just like slip like just a bit you know yeah and twist your ankle the wrong way you know that they're the worst type of injuries the most painful and they always seem really stupid after the most innocuous ones yeah i mean oh. listening to a podcast and skipping at the same time is kind of asking for trouble that's the thing you yeah, need you- to concentrate on yeah, exactly. Let's let's have ten minutes of silence so Charlotte can get a get us some reps in. <laughs> okay, okay. Faster, Charlotte, faster. Go on, Charlotte. Actually, I don't think she'll do anything on that ankle for a while. Um, I have been skipping. Actually, I did say I have done another couple of sessions of skipping. Um, I've still I still quite enjoy it. Apparently, it's a very good workout. The problem I have with cross training is that it's something that you do on your rest days. But on my rest days, I like resting because my legs fucking ache and I'm tired and I can't be asked to do anything else. So I kind of did. I had like three sessions planned in. I just skipped most of them. Just because, yeah, I, I want to rest on my rest days. So no, yeah, I'm, I'm not still a fan of try. anything that involves breathing heavily or getting your heart rate up on a rest day. That's not resting. Yeah. Um, Clark Gilmore also replied to that. He said, "Just eat skips, tastier, safer, and carb loading." And Definitely. to which I said, "Your ankle can look like that if you eat too many skips as well." So <laughs> either way, it's a risk. Definitely. <laughs> 
Jason Newell said, I'm waiting for knee surgery and have been London marathon training on a cross trainer since January. Jesus. I hate it. It is monotonous. And my feet go numb. In the gym, at least you could appreciate the views. In my living room slash kitchen, in the flat, it's awful. At least I know the noise will annoy my neighbours downstairs nearly as much as the bike on the turbo, though. I had to just double check what a cross trainer was because I don't use them. And it's, yeah, it's that one with the kind of the hands go forwards and back and the legs kind of go around in a weird kind of circle or like an elliptical also called as well. Yeah, they're dreadful. I've never used one of those apart from for maybe like 30 seconds in a gym. And I thought, ha, this is stupid. Yeah, I don't really... I've used one before, but I think you have to, like, turn the tension up on it quite high to get any form of workout, surely. Because when I went on it, it was really loose, and I was just like, yeah, this is great. But, yeah, that sounds awful, though. They're really terrible. Um, Zoe Martinez flagged the cross-trainer as well, and she said, so boring they had to invent a specific machine in its name so you could get it out of the way in one go. It's like, I need to do cross-training. I need a cross-trainer, of course. Just do that for a minute and you're set. That's cross-training done. Easy. Alec Lodge says, the gym rower. I know it's a good workout, but as much as I try, I just can't do it. I can't get going or get comfortable or something. It's weird. Yeah, apparently, like, rowing machines are, like, some of the best kind of all-round exercise you can do in kind of gym machine terms. Yeah, I do quite enjoy it, but it is, you forget how hard it is. Mm, I've never properly had a go at a, a rowing machine, so but it looks awful. Yeah, me and SBC once um, after a gym session. So we had got a friend who's a, a former rower, and she said like I think it's two k is like a very standard distance to do on a rower, and I think something like eight minutes is a good benchmark kind of aim for that. So we thought, fuck it, let's go for that. Jesus Christ, it was like even after like five hundred, seven hundred fifty meters, we're looking at each other. And just like, fucking hell, this is terrible. And it was just the worst thing. Once you finish that, you just fall off and your arms and legs are just floppy. It's like that really famous video of um, Steve Redgrave when he was training back for the Olympics in about 2000. And you just see him and he just literally falls off and he's just jelly uh, because he's been hitting this row machine so hard. They are, yeah, they are really tough. Kirk J. Shepard said, did a 40k ride to test my new clipless pedals. Clipped in and out, absolutely fine, all ride. Got to some traffic lights two minutes from home. Forgot to take my foot out. Bang. Then on a group ride two months later, a friend had got clipless pedals. She asked me to ride with her and remind her to unclip. All went fine until the top of a climb when I was reminding her to unclip and unclipped my left foot. I normally unclip my right foot and then I leant to the right. I mean, I have always got time for stories about cyclists falling off their bikes because of their clips. It is always funny. Yeah, I think even if I became really into cycling i don't think i could ever deal with clipless pedals ever. oh god no my brain just doesn't work well my brain just doesn't work for start but my brain doesn't work that way in particular like anything that involves any sort of hand-eye coordination remembering things like that no it's just that every time you stop you have to remember to do a thing with your foot twist it or pull it back yeah. or whatever to unclip and only do that foot and just yeah i think it's one is it's a guarantee if you've got those pedals you will fall out of your bike at some point yeah. There's just no, there's no getting around it. You just have to get used to it. That's why people like sit in their garden, well, go in their garden for ages, just unclipping, clipping, unclipping, unclipping, you know, <laughs> clipping again. Ian Thompson said, anything involving weights or specific core work isn't anathema to me. Hate it. I know I need to do it. 
just can't. Cycling is fun though. For example, I ran 100 miles at Indoor 24 last year and the same distance at Ride London in less than five hours. Piece of piss by comparison. I mean, two things. Yes, piece of piss. Cycling is really easy. Also, nice little humble brag he slipped in there. <laughs> yeah, less than five hours. I ran 100 oh. miles. I ran 100 miles in 24 hours. All right. Good for you, Ian. Well done. Uh- to be fair, I'd be doing like, the same. I quite like core workout. I quite like core stuff. I don't find it too hard. Oh, really? No, I can't, I can't be asked. Anything involving arms? Nah. Like weights and arms, I do it because I know I have to, but I'd much rather do core, for sure. It's because it's hard. That's why. And it's the thing you know you need to do, and mm. it's the thing you don't do enough, which makes it even harder to do, in my opinion. Exactly. Simon Lewis says the worst cross training is a class, hits or body pump or whatever. I know it's 45 minutes well spent, but the music is usually terrible and doing a burpee whilst the sweat from my forehead makes a pool below me is not fun in any way. No, any any class that involves like high intensity stuff, no. I like I said last last time that I go to like a class for like weights and stuff, but that's on the whole that that's lifting it's not really very much high intensity stuff maybe a bit at the end yeah but a whole class of just high intensity someone shouting you're like go on you can do it da, da, da. i'm sweating and like out of breath no i don't mind lifting as a class but mm, that whole atmosphere i can't be doing with yeah it used to be quite a few of those at the gym i used to go to and it's just oh yeah the thing is for me i always try and think like the pt must be so bored because they do multiple of these classes every day and the amount of times in their life they say four three two one okay and then just and just repeat those same phrases the same encouragements getting people to do the same exercises and giving them the same advice must get on their tits after a while sure yeah when the robots take over they'll be the first to go i think let's hope so And remember, if you want to support us on Patreon, everything helps us out. One dollar gets you a nice little shout out at the end. Five dollars is a super extra shout out and a little bit of social media love. For twelve dollars, you can get a buff. That's the place you get buffs from on Patreon. And thirty dollars, that gets you a 30 second advert on two episodes. That's either we'll read something out for you or you can send us some audio. You can advertise your race or your club or just how great you are. So this episode's $5 Patreons are the conscious and guiltless Clark Gilmore, the excellent and lucky Elliot Lyne, the hanging and panoramic Hugh Phillips, the jittery Jay, the knotty and skinny Kirk Shepherd, the makeshift and brawny Maria Blythe, the magnificent and glib Matt Garner, the massive and lively Matt Leese, the nauseating and glossy Nicky Genders, the right and sad Rob Smith, and the smelly and rare Simon Ross. Thank I you much prefer much. these now you're using a random sort of adjective generator. <laughs> Especially as they might be slightly insulting. That makes it does make it fun. Yeah, I like the panoramic Hugh Phillips as well. I think you'll enjoy that for some reason. Yeah, please let yeah. us know if we're getting close with these descriptions, if they happen to, you know, hit the nail on the head at all. We have a another confession this week, and if you do have any running confessions, please send them in via our usual social media links. Of course, you can send in your confessions anonymously. At JMCH2 has chosen not to send in her confession anonymously, I assume. Uh, um, probably, she says, yeah. yeah, probably. Anyway, Jay, here's your shout out. <laughs> she says, During a half marathon, I used a portaloo that turned out to be not a race portaloo. Oh, dear. 
There were no race portaloos on the course. There was a house having some sort of work done at about mile 10 and a team of builders looking out the windows at some woman sprinting out of their loo in the pouring rain. Ooh, that's... It's a broader question there of is it okay to use someone else's portaloo in a race or a training situation? Yeah. Jim, you're just... Oh, you're just straight in there with... Yeah, that's fine. A loo, a loo's a loo. Like, if it's not someone's... Well, I guess it is someone's house. <laughs> But it's, it's like in the that, front garden, that, yeah. It, yeah, it's, if it's outside their house and it's a portal where random builders are using it, I say, yeah, you're not breaking into someone's house and using their loo. I draw the line there. But, you know, I mean, it's not much different from, you know, if you have to, like, go into a hotel and use their loo and you've got to pretend you, you're staying there and you yeah. walk in, like, you know, like, you know where you're going and, you know, you're just popping in and use the loo yeah it's like that <laughs> but i think it's one of those things, like if it's like a big hotel or some kind of big chain thing you don't feel bad if it's a little place you do feel a bit yeah. more guilty for some reason yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah, just because exactly. people are looking at you yeah but no i think uh, fair play especially like a half marathon without any toilets yeah that's pretty bad on the course none of it on the course yeah. is pretty bad like I, I get the other end of the spectrum there's sometimes 5ks that have poor loose along the course and you're like come on <laughs> yeah come on I guess from that, Jay is forgiven. Yes, you're definitely forgiven. I think shame on the half marathon for not providing toilets. And also another top tip there of if you do use someone else's portaloo or any any toilet in a cafe or a restaurant or something like that, on your way out, if they kind of give you a look or say anything, all you have to do is just say you've got some kind of disease or you're pregnant or whatever, and they'll probably leave you alone after that. Just say you've got Crohn's or something, IBS, and they'll probably like back off. Yeah, exactly. Or just like shout and piss yourself. (laughs) <laughs> well if you've just gone for a piss you probably you know, you're always piss immediately. for potential attackers and for sort of aggy business owners so go and have half a wee and just save a little just in case yeah just in case anyone kicks off about it first line of defense <laughs> first line of defense <laughs> bodily fluids first line of defense always at your disposal on this episode, we're talking to our special guest. It's Mark Ramey from Dumb Runner. Uh, please enjoy this interview where I go just a little bit sycophantic. We're happy now to be speaking to Mark Ramey all the way from Portland, Oregon, who is a runner, journalist and writer and founder of the fantastic blog Dumb Runner. We'll come on to all of that soon. But first, Mark, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about your running originally and how you got into writing about it. Oh, boy. You don't waste any time, do you? (laughs) Two of the biggest, most open-ended questions. Uh, Gosh, Um, I I got into um, I got into running kind of accidentally years ago. Uh, The short version is I grew up um, as a uh, teenager and in my twenties as a road cyclist, believe it or not. And uh, I kind of got into running as cross training for that. And uh, the way I put it is, I gradually went from becoming a cyclist who sometimes runs to being a runner who sometimes bikes. Uh, and it just kind of happened kind of organically. I was a little, I was a little burned out on cycling by then anyway. So after about 10, 12 years of pretty hardcore road biking, I just kind of slid sideways into running, I guess. Um, and, and by the way, discovered that I was, um, a better fit for running than for cycling in general. So it, it worked out just physiologically and, everything else i was just i was better at running than i was at cycling <laughs> although i certainly loved, loved biking when i did it so uh and oh that's for the writing part um gosh you know i, I went to school for journalism uh you know uh, right before journalism uh, collapsed so that was you know good timing on my part as usual 
Uh, yeah, I, I got a degree in journalism and sort of headed out with that and got a job as a newspaper copy editor, if you remember things called newspapers um, and copy editors. <laughs> so, uh, and after about um, a year or so of that, I kind of completely stumbled into a job at a little company in eastern Pennsylvania called Rodale Press. And Rodale Press at the time was the parent company for uh, bicycling, uh, men's health, prevention magazine, um, and some others, and Runner's World. And that's how I got into Runner's World. Um, that's the very short version, uh, but that's probably all you need. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah it's yeah. interesting you went from cycling to running. I think it's probably usually, it seems to be the other way around, most people I know. Most people I know, if they were cyclists, they probably wouldn't run. I do lots time. of things backwards, yes, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. Some, that's, that's my style, that's how I roll. Um, yeah, I, I uh, you know, I just, I kind of got into cycling sort of randomly and, and um, haphazardly as well. Uh, there was a big local uh, bike ride where I grew up in, in um, uh, South Central Ohio, um, a big double century ride at 200 miles over a weekend. And I kind of like noticed that um, and thought, well, I'd like to try that. So one year I tried it and it sucked. And uh, then I actually started training and got a better bike. And I, uh, that's how I kind of got sucked into cycling and then from cycling to running. So it's a lot of... Uh, serendipity and random happenstance which is kind of the story of my life so what is it about running that you preferred over cycling um well it was great not to suck so much <laughs> with biking <laughs> you know cycling and, and running uh at least when you speak of them competitively they're such different animals um so it, at least back then when and where i was growing up and and, and getting into biking you know, there were these long distance kind of century rides, like hundred milers and so on. And that kind of became my sort of specialty because that was just how I was built. I could do those kind of fast, but they weren't really races. If you wanted to race, that usually meant a criterium. And a criterium, if you don't know, is, is just like a relatively um, short circuit, like a loop that you do over and over and over, like laps. Yeah, often only like a downtown area or something like that. So you're riding around city blocks and there are, you know, hay bales on the corners and crashes and it's all very intense and and, I, you know, even at the lowest levels, if you're not built for speed and power and that kind of thing in a criterium, you're just going to get lapped. And once you're lapped or in danger of being lapped, you're out of the race. So I, I, I did a lot of that. <laughs> I was like, this kind of sucks. But with running, you know, just running races by their nature, uh, you know, no one, I wouldn't say never, but you generally never get pulled because you're in danger of being lapped. Um, uh, if, if you're really slow and walking and stuff, you might get pulled off a marathon course, but that's a different story. So I, I yeah, I, I just learned that in, when, in running, um, it was easier for me not to be humiliated and not to suck so much. So that was a definite <laughs> plus. I'm anti-humiliation. So it just, it just, yeah. it just worked out. It just worked out, you know? And, and I, I also happened to fall in with a couple of great guys locally, um, who were, uh, who were runners kind of took me under their wing and showed me the ropes. So that, that helped as well. Yeah. Your times got pretty good as well. Uh, eventually, yeah, because I was I was lucky. You know, it was, it was a happy sort of confluence of, of, of factors. It was um, just the fact that I felt like like I said, I really felt like I was physiologically better suited to be a distance runner than a short distance powerful cyclist. Um, so I was, I was cut out for it physio physiologically. I had that good cardio background from all those years of running. I this is my theory, um, and that sort of mental and emotional mindset of like getting through pain. So, so with that foundation and then suddenly being thrust in an environment like runner's world, especially is where I really started thriving as, as, a, as a runner, um, which probably doesn't surprise anybody listening. Um, you know, cause I was, I was surrounded not only by other, uh, great runners, 
but uh, suddenly I was, you know, up to my eyeballs and all this information about training and nutrition and, and uh, you know, racing and everything else. I was kind of living and breathing it. And, um, and you know, and I was, you know, young and single at the time and had no responsibilities. So there was that, too. So it was, all, it was a perfect storm of, of factors for, like, really becoming um, – it wasn't so much about becoming, like, you know, a, a quote-unquote fast runner or a great runner or any other adjective, but about – realizing my personal potential, which I think is what running is all about, which is one reason that's great. So yeah, during those years, I, I was, I was fortunate to, to be in a place and in a time in my life where I was able to get probably just about as good as I could get as, as a runner. And it's been downhill ever since. So thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been sick of it some days though. If it was the day job and then it was something you were doing obviously as a hobby as well, you must have thought, oh, there must be some day where I don't have to think about bloody running at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a fair observation. I, know, I don't recall ever really getting sick of it. I, there were certainly days when I just didn't feel like running and I would tell my coworkers so, but that's true of any runner. Um, yeah. No, you know, I mean, I was, it was, it was, it was all good. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. Um, we had a lot of laughs and, uh, it was a real luxury being able to, uh, go out for a run at, 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 at lunchtime, for example, and, um, not have to watch the clock and worry about your boss, you know, give me the stink eye cause you're back like a little bit late. Cause you know, for one thing, she's a good, your boss was out with you, you know, and it yeah. was like, it was kind of like wrapped up as it's all part of the job. It was fun. And a lot of travel to various marathons and that kind of thing. So it was great. It was good times. So when you're at Runner's World, uh, you eventually kind of worked your way up and became executive editor of runnersworld.com, which is, uh, you know, obviously a fantastic achievement. And But that was kind of quite a little while ago. So it's a kind of, it's a very different beast now. So how was it when you were working on it then? Oh, boy. Uh, that's another big, big question. Um, so many things were different. The land, the, you know, the media landscape was different. I mean, even, even back then, things had shifted considerably uh and we're still shifting um and that's only accelerated since i've since i've left uh man you know um i mean just to give you some to give listeners some sense of um uh, a timeline here and like a you know the chronology back when i was um editor of the website uh you know blogging was a relatively new big thing because <laughs> everyone had a blog remember blogs uh so that that was like that's kind of like that gives you a sense of like what things were were like online digitally back then. No one had ever heard of podcasts or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of tap dancing around your question. I don't mean to. It's just it's it's a little hard to answer, man. I mean, thing everything has changed. Uh, you know, business models have changed. Um, uh, God, it's just it's so completely different. So at the time then, I mean, so Runner's World, I guess, was the main source, or that was the aim, to be the main source of running news pretty much worldwide. And it was kind of a serious kind of, you know, articles about serious running, I guess. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I mean, that you know, back then, um, some people would, would have disputed that and kind of, you know, I mean, you know the kinds of runners I'm talking about. And I, you know, these, I love these runners too. They're great, but it takes all kinds. But, you know, there was... There was always a certain kind of runner who was um, uh, kind of looking down at their nose at Runner's World. Uh, it's for it's for joggers. It's for this or that. It's, it's not serious. It was it was funny because especially like being at a place like Runner's World, you got it from both sides, and it, it didn't matter like what kind of balance you tried to strike or what sort of lineups you crafted or what you shared or didn't share. 
in, in, inevitably there would be some folks who would say like, uh, God, this is fluff. You know, this is not for serious runners, etc. You guys suck. And then on the other hand, you'd hear from people who would say like, you know, uh, this is crazy. This is all like so intimidating. This is for serious runners and everything else. So you just, you know, you do the best you can, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. So runners world, as we know it now, I mean, we do have a little bit of a, a love hate relationship with it because it is still pretty much the main source of news that we draw upon to kind of look at, uh, every couple of weeks on this podcast, but they do come out with just some of the strangest articles. And I guess that's just the way media is now they just have to pump out articles and no matter almost no matter what it is if there's a link to running there somewhere we have to get out something every two days or whatever like that yeah can you run can your um running shoes give you coronavirus was one we looked yeah. at the other day wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you lick them i don't know what was what, did you read the article what was the answer i'm curious I mean, no. it was pretty it was pretty much no unless you're licking them <laughs> So I just wonder kind of what if you had any kind of views and thoughts on that kind of media now and whether that that has a value. Oh man, a, a value to who? To the to the people publishing it or the people uh, consuming it? Um I I've got no shortage of opinions on that kind of stuff. Um and anyone who follows me on uh, through Dumb Runner or on social media it probably knows where I where I fall on things like that. Um you know, here's the thing. I I, I, try, I try to walk a tightrope, um, not on, not just on this issue, but on lots of issues, I guess. Where I, you know, I I am not shy about poking fun and holding things up to to ridicule. Um, hopefully, not in a mean spirited way, but you know, if something is worthy of mocking, someone's got to do it. I'll I'll step up and mock it um, in a way that will make you smile or laugh and recognition or whatever. At the same time, I, maybe because of my background in, in media, I'm really sympathetic to the other side of the equation. And, you know, you know pe- people who, who see things online on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or, or pick up a magazine and thumb through it, you know, everything looks so clean and simple and clear. And it's like, it's just all this information flows like a river, right? It's, and it's, and it's free, so-called, except that it's not. And it, you know, it's, this stuff takes, um, if you're doing it right, it takes a lot of time and energy and, and money to produce all this content. Um, I hate the word content, but I use it myself sometimes. Um, I, it, it, it takes, it takes real resources to do it. And, um, you know, ad revenue for media across the board pretty much has just gone off a cliff over the past couple of decades. And it's just been brutal, you know, um, Publications are being shuttered or going online only. They're laying off staff. And it's it, it's hard. I, I don't envy outlets like Runner's World or any mainstream outlet who's trying to figure this out and trying to make money. Um, and does that result sometimes in, you know, frankly, silly articles being created and shared? Yeah, it does, you know, and I'm happy to make fun of those things. But at the same time, I'm, I'm sympathetic as well. So I... You know, that might sound like a like a wishy-washy answer. Maybe it is. But, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of inevitable when you rely on advertising and advertising-esque revenue. It's, it's kind of inevitable that that's where you wind up, right? Because, uh, you know, you have stuff that's kind of silly or clickbait or whatever because, you know especially when you're sharing things online, like so much rides, everything rides on getting the people who see it to actually click the link, like click the link without a page. You, 
you know, they got nothing. They need page views to get ad impressions and, you know, everything else. Um, and it's, it's hard, you know. Um, and if I may just step up here to toot my own horn, that's why when I launched Dumb Runner, I, I made a conscious choice pretty early on to go ad-free. There'll be no ads, no sponsored posts, no articles that are basically ads. You know, let's face it. Uh, not even any affiliate links anymore. I, 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 I experimented with affiliate links early on and just took those out because, like, I just, I just, I don't know, I just thought, I want to strip this clean. Everything I produce, I want it to be original. Like, you're not, you're not going to see it regurgitated on a dozen other sites. Um, I want it to be pure, free of ads and any, any other kind of potential outside influences. You know, I like to say when I create stuff on Dumb Runner, I make it with one audience and what audience only in mind, and that's the person who's going to be reading it. You know, will they enjoy it? Will they laugh? Uh, will they smile at least? Will it make their day a little brighter? That is my one and only metric. Um, and very often, much like, uh, this is the only time I'll compare, my, compare myself to The Onion, but kind of like The Onion, like, often you'll just see the headline and the image, and that will essentially, I'll admit it, that will essentially be the joke. Like, you don't have to click the link to get your, <laughs> to get your yucks, you know? Um, I hope you do, because there are more laughs when you read the actual article, but the, the gist of the joke kind of comes in that one-two punch of the headline and the image right under it. Um, and if a dumb runner reader sees that on Facebook or Twitter or wherever and laughs and it makes their day a little brighter, I'm perfectly happy. If I were relying on ad revenue, I wouldn't. I'd be frustrated because like, I because they didn't click it and then that'd be a failure. But for me right now, I'm like, as long as you're laughing, I'm happy. So that was a long answer. That was a very long answer to your simple question. It did, but it saved us a couple of questions there because oh, it perfectly right. segued us into getting into you launching Dumb Runner and the reasons you did that. And well, as you've said there, coming to some of those headlines, I've got, you know, some of your most recent ones here. And it's just what I love was whenever I kind of, I do retweet them every now and then from our podcast account. But when I look back, I think I could retweet any of these because they're all, you just seem to be on the button every time. And the most recent ones here, basic features will remain free. Strava reassures pathetic cheapskates. <laughs> uh, group of seven adult runners apparently all live together, which must be cool. Uh, treadmill enthusiast wishes there were a way to replicate experience outside gym. And it just seems you're, you're kind of right on. I don't want to say like a wanky word like zeitgeist, but you seem to be kind of on what's funny in running at the moment. And you just seem to nail it each time. And it's just really impressive. Well, th thank you. That's that's always nice to hear. Of course, um, I, I would. The only thing I would add is I I think I nail what's funny in running right now for a certain kind of warped person, <laughs> for people, people like me, uh, and, and you apparently. So, cheers to you. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's 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 a niche, you know, um, absurd satirical kind of stuff for runners. It's kind of like a niche within a niche. Uh, yeah. But it's that idea of kind of it. It's poking fun at people taking it too seriously, as a lot of it seems to be. I suppose, yeah. I, uh, but it, again, I try really hard because um, I'm like I'm a one man show. I sit here in my office, uh, you know, tapping this stuff out. I have no writing partners to bounce things off of, no editors to tell me, "Oh my God, don't publish that! Are you crazy?" <laughs> or that's inappropriate. <laughs> I'm I'm working without a net, so I publish stuff and put it out there. It's always a little, a little fraught, but uh, yeah, yeah. I guess it's a great sense of freedom, though, compared to when you were writing for like a magazine or whatever. It's scary, but at the same time, you can be a bit more free with it. Oh, it sure does. It sure does. And and, and by the way, you know, I, 
getting back to what I said a minute ago about writing with one audience in mind, because I've been on both sides of this fence, and the thing about writing for a, a national, like a consumer publication, and I, I don't mean to pick on Runner's World because there's, this is true of any consumer publication really that, that takes ads. Like when you're on the inside of, of, a, of a publication like that, um, I mean, you you literally have a vested interest in convincing yourself that when you write about XX shoe or whatever, you're being completely fair and neutral, despite the fact that XS shoe, shoe company contributes a, a significant portion of the income for your publication. And it's like you, the, the, the sort of like justifications that you go through in your head, cause I've done it myself and it's, it's the most natural thing in the world is like, uh, of course we're being fair. You know, if we didn't like, it, we'd say so, et cetera, which is nonsense. Of course you wouldn't because like, how, you know, it's like you, you can't, you can't not know that, if you, uh, in my case, make fun of something, that's kind of what I do. I, I poke fun at things. You know, if you make fun of, uh, let's let's choose Nike because they're the eight hundred pound gorilla, I guess. Um, you know, if if you if you make fun of Nike, even if it's a fair point and you know it's you've got truth on your side and everything else, you know, it's, if you do it in a place like Runners World, uh, on some level in the back of your head, you got to be thinking like. Mm, Maybe I won't, or maybe the idea wouldn't even percolate up that far because unconsciously you've got some sort of filter you don't even know about that's mm-hmm. filtered it out. And at Dumb Runner, uh, to use your word, yeah, there's a great deal of freedom and liberty and like I am so unshackled by any of that. That doesn't mean that I, uh, you know, try to abuse it and just like crap on everyone whenever I can uh, because I don't want to do that either. But it is nice to be able to um, have an idea about Nike or whatever company, whatever product. Um, I, I take a lot of shots at noon hydration, you know, because I think it's silly and like people enjoy it. God bless. I think it's kind of ridiculous. It's like Alka-Seltzer and, you know, whatever and these plastic sleeves. But, uh, you know, if I worked, at, if I still worked at Runner's World, would I have the freedom to do those kinds of things? Um, of course I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't. Um, and I do now. And I... Do. <laughs> sorry, sorry if Noon is a sponsor of your podcast, by the way. <laughs> you can edit, edit that out later. No one sponsors us. <laughs> I mean, we could try, but what would be the point? With a name like Running is Bullshit, that just put, that's put any advertising right, right out right of the on. gate, yeah. Yeah, that was a mistake. Big one. <laughs> to start with. What I like about your writing is the fact that it's, as you said, it's just fun. And it doesn't seem to be much running writing that is designed to be fun it seems to be very serious about chasing the runners high and about going further and faster and how intense it is and it that just seemed to be a great gap that you filled there about just making it fun because why not uh well thank you again um that <laughs> is pretty much uh that's pretty much the the, the origin story of of my niche in the first place. And then, you know, my, of course, going back to runners, well, my, my niche predates dumb runner by, by years. I did a similar mm. kind of a, a blog. There's that word again. Um, God, I can remember when it started way back when for runners world, that was essentially uh, humorous, like a, you know, satirical kind of um, look at running. Um, I did that for like seven, seven and a half years. I think at runners world before I even mm. launched dumb runner, which was five years ago. So holy moly. But yeah, I, I kind of looked around, and I, I don't know how much of this was conscious or, or not, but I looked around and realized exactly what you said. Like, my God, this what a grim, um, earnest uh, landscape of, of books and articles and um, essays. And I'm like, oh my good Lord, which is... Um, 
and I thought, well, you know what? A couple things. One, um, that's all well and good. There's a place for that. Of course there is because people want that information, obviously, and someone should supply it. Uh, at the same time, I knew just from my own personal experience that runners, at least runners I knew, tended to be pretty funny people. You know, they they love a good laugh as much as anyone, maybe more, you know, and there's, you know, um, body jokes and farting and everything else going on on group runs. And it's like, it's like, how? And it was hard to kind of reconcile those two things. Like, how can runners be so fun and funny and the, uh, you know, the, the, the literature and the, the, magazines and the websites and all you know the media in general doesn't reflect that at all I, there were a handful of exceptions but very small ones and i thought that doesn't seem right so i just kind of uh took that and ran with it so to speak i think that's what puts um some runners off from well new runners off from starting is it seems quite elitist sometimes when you see all these things and all these articles and and there seems to be this idea that there's only certain aims that you can have in running so, such as pbs or or doing certain distances whereas that's not everyone's goal with running some people sure. just want to do it for mental health reasons or whatever so i think it can be counterintuitive in terms of getting people into the sport as well oh i, I agree completely yeah yeah well, we always ask all our guests, what is the most bullshit thing about running? <laughs> right. So I, there are at least two answers I could give to this. One would probably generate some, some hate mail for you. Um, I mean, it's content. If, we, if it's something to read out, it saves us. Yeah, stuff, yeah. So the we'll, the we'll other one it. I think is a better answer, though. So I'm going to go with, with uh, that. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just give you a, a taste of the first answer that's much more specific. And it's running with headphones. The third round. I remember. I remember the old Runners World forums in the UK, and I remember I used to go on those a lot. And every sort of month, there'd be a long thread about headphones, and they were so entertaining to read. Ah, it's ongoing so drama. Bananas. You know. I don't know. Um, I, you know. In a nutshell, my thoughts on that is that you know, it's you have two senses that you depend on to stay safe when you're out there running vision and hearing and voluntarily dampening one of those two senses is bonkers. In my opinion, I don't, I don't understand it. I never have, and I never will. A lot of people disagree and have interesting justifications for that. And, uh, invariably a certain percentage of people will come back and say aftershocks, you know, <laughs> uh, like okay go nuts god bless yeah um i don't know if you know in the uk um uk athletics who, who register all the races uh, they put in a rule basically to say that any race could ban headphones if they wanted to they'd leave it up to their discretion but they'd be perfectly allowed to but every time that happens that argument comes up again and the same people do the same arguments every time and it's brilliant it's really interesting to see the how people justify this irrational like the, there's no it. denying I like what listen to it you you're you're block you're blunting one of the two things you depend on to stay safe and by the way not to be a pain in the ass to people around you you know um <laughs> and you know i at this point i'm kind of i've forgotten the second thing i was going to say i'm just going off on headphones <laughs> at this point <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But uh, people argue against headphones by saying like, oh, you know, you should experience what's around you and, and you know, leave electronics behind and just explore your thoughts and stuff. And I, I happen to agree with that, too. But that's not the primary thing that I worry about. I just I've seen way too many people have close calls or stop right in front of me to fiddle with their phone or to, they're just I, I don't I don't get it, man. It's just weird. And the thing is, my favorite my favorite line of defense that I see from people is actually I have a couple. One is 
um, I keep the volume low enough that I can hear what's going on around me. And, you know, I'm aware of my surroundings. And I always think, like, how do you know? Right? Like, by definition, no, no, think about it. Think, no, just think about this, think this through. By definition, you can't hear the things you can't hear. Like, so how, how would you be able to say that? What a ridiculous assertion. Um, it's just so crazy. Uh, and, yeah, it's, 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 it's wacky. I've forgotten the second thing I was going to say. This is, this, is how in, this is how into it I get. That's great. Thank you so much for that. Um... <laughs> yeah. By the way, if you want to send hate mail directly to me, it's info at dumbrunner.com. So let me, let, let me have it. Let me have yeah, it. That was the next thing. Get the contacts in. Get the website and your books and all that kind of thing. Now's the time to get your links in. Oh, people can find more about me primarily through dumbrunner.com. Um, of course, you'll find links there to my social media um, as well. And uh, there's a contact link for hate mail um, or even praise if you want. Uh, <laughs> If you like what I do and it reliably makes you laugh and makes your life better, um, I humbly suggest you uh, bear in mind that I am independent and ad-free and I rely completely on on fans and readers for funding. Um, so you can go to dumbrunner.com slash support if you'd like to chip in for that as well. And uh, that's pretty much it, yeah. And we didn't even get around to mentioning books as well, but there's also books that you've written as well. But people can find that out more, Dumbrunner. Yeah, that's exactly right, yeah. Cool, Mark, thank you very much for joining us. Hey, thank thanks, you. it's been fun. Thank you so much. Well, he was a very nice man, wasn't he? He was so lovely. I think sometimes people who write these sort of satirical blogs, I'm often, or, you know, pieces and articles, I'm often worried they might be a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> you know, that sort of humour they have. But he was such a nice guy. Yeah, as as I said, you know, I, I love all those blogs. I could pretty much retweet any of them. So please have a look at dumbrunner.com. Over to Twitter now. VBL tweeted a question and answer from Facebook with some terrible advice. So the question reads, Hi everyone, please could you help with any resources, tips or advice around training for a sub 20 minute 5k? I typically run longer distances at a slower pace but wanting to set myself a new challenge. Any help would be hugely appreciated. Happy running. And the answer was, get the miles in, lots and lots. You will need the pace to come up, but generally lots of miles will do that. I love that. Just miles. Just get miles in. Even though they've just said, I run longer distances, just get miles. Just run far as possible. Keep running faster. Keep running more, and that will make you run faster? It's absolutely bizarre. Like, what sort of what sort of advice is that? Like, okay, <laughs> so if you're already doing, like, 100-mile weeks, then you need to take it up to 200, and then you'll get a sub-20 in no time. Well, that will make you faster, because the more miles. You need miles. Get the miles in. <laughs> always more miles uh, we also had a tweet from Emma McRae no accent don't worry we don't need to do it this week because she went for a run with her new running buggy and blew a tyre which is, just seems like you've got the worst bits of running and cycling on your run that's really unlucky yeah I'd just leave them leave the baby leave the, the buggy just carry on you could probably carry one or either of them no just pick them up on the way back you got to get your running <laughs> go get the right it'll be all right <laughs> it's fine and we've also had another international tweet from mama needs a men she said in thinking about a plan for this week's now virtual race it hit me is it weird or normal that i don't know my pbs and i came back and i said does that mean you have no idea at all or you're not sure precisely she said so seriously no idea on 5k a rough ish idea on 10k within two to five minutes she does know a half PB to the second and then a vague idea of the full marathon PB. 
See, I think if you've got no idea of your PBs, that's not good. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's a bit weird. Like, you've got no idea. I get that the races you prefer to run, you probably know more. You have a more accurate idea of, like, I have a more accurate idea of my half marathon PB for, like, hmm. the second, well, not the second, the minute. <laughs> yeah. So, but, like, at, like, 5K, I don't, actually, I don't think I have, a, I don't think I've ever run a proper 5K race with, like, properly timed and stuff. Well, you've run a couple of park runs, which is not a race, but it's timed at least. Yeah, but, like, I've run faster than that in training for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. for show. So, yeah, I've, I've not run a proper 5K race ever because I fucking hate 5Ks. But, um, That's fair enough. Yeah, not having no idea how fast you can run something. Because even if you haven't run, like, I don't know, say you ha- like me, you haven't run a 5K, like, actually timed, surely you know from training, like, a rough idea yeah. of what your PB might be. Yeah, I mean, a 10K to within two to five minutes that is way too far out i mean come on you must know you have to know at least the minute i would say for all of these you should know the minute i think the 5k you probably should be pretty much exact i think within 10 seconds you should know that yeah come on get together mama needs them in (laughs) yeah come on um it's other people replying that you know perhaps it's a good thing because it means you're not fussed you're not taking it that seriously i mean okay if you're not really that fussed but come on I think no. I think if you're a proper runner, you've got to know your PBs. Oh, if you're a proper runner, <laughs> oh, drop the proper runner bomb in there. If you're Absolutely. a proper runner, oh dear, that's going to start arguments now. I th- yeah, I think if you're entering a lot of races for sure. I mean, some runners never enter races; they're very few mm. and far between. But some runners just do it like yeah, yeah. fitness, mental health, whatever, and are not bothered about races. But if you're entering races, I don't know your PB. It's like. Yeah, because that's part of the... Not everyone strives for a time, but that is part of it, isn't it? Like, Yeah, even wonder. if you... Yeah, you might have done, you know, all these races and not really fussed, but you probably should generally still have an idea of which one was your fastest and roughly what the time yeah. was. Yeah. You're not a proper runner, Mama needs them in. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not sorry. That also reminds me of something I've seen recently. A lot of people... Obviously, because there's no races on at the moment, and there probably won't be races for a while. I've seen people talking about running PBs and sharing their Garmin photos. Again, I need to say it, a watch PB is not a PB. It does not count. No, it doesn't. Like, I will say my 5K PB was, like, the one I got on my watch, but I will make sure I really say that was on my watch. So that was a watch PB, PB, not a real one. Yeah, for sure. Like... You can't judge your GPS, you know, it's not that accurate to make a PB out of it. Yeah, I would say even if you're running a course that you know is a fixed distance and you're using a watch, I don't know, there's still something about that. Even if, I don't know, running on a track with a watch, does that count? I would still kind of say no, maybe. No, because most... most It should be an independently timed thing. Yeah, and and also if you're looking at, like, athletes, their PBs are coming from competition because the competition's part of it, isn't it? Mm, You know, yeah being ready for race day because you know we can all if we run if you run consistently like training some days you're going to be better than others and the skill of it is sometimes preparing for race day so that you you're trying to be your best on that day yeah so, i've always said like a, a race can bring out a good five ten percent better in you that you yeah. don't didn't know you had because of that oh, competition on the day yeah for sure i could never like i know people who do like oh i'm gonna do a tempo run i'm gonna do it at a half marathon pace whatever like i can't I cannot achieve the same pace as I could in a in a training run as I could in a race for sure. For some reason, it's just like a mental block. Yeah, absolutely. 
Bullshit, bullshit. Running, running, running. News, 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 news. Bullshit, running. News. Da, 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 da. One day I'm going to like switch things up and bring out my ukulele or something and do a podcast. Oh, like, the dream. Do, 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 do. I know. You'll have, you have the rap and then... I mean, I've done a rap for Bullshit Running News. What was oh, that yes. a dream? Yeah. Um, so next up <laughs> is the ukulele. A, was that a bizarre fever dream? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could well, say that about up. a lot of what we've talked about. <laughs> next it will be like the summer vibes. Like, do you remember, um, was it UKIP Calippo or Calypso? Not Calippo, that's the thing. <laughs> yes. Calypso. Um that's going to be it but for bullshit running news <laughs> great right okay <laughs> so an Irishman has been reported to have run 78,000 kilometres in just two days to raise money for an Alzheimer's centre so Paul Kieran's challenged himself to run 6.5 kilometres every four hours over a 48 hour period and according to the local newspaper this meant that he had covered and I quote almost 80,000 k's of ground in just two days yeah um, i mean i'm not the best at maths but that doesn't add up i mean it's a big headline it says paul's 78,000 kilometers in two days for charity um we had a look at his gofundme page which has you know raised over 2,000 euros which is obviously amazing but it has an image on there that seems to show he actually ran right okay for a start I guess that meant he was aiming to run 78 kilometres, 78,000 metres. The author, yeah. the journalist didn't know the difference between a metre and a kilometre. Weird. But there's an image on his thing that showed he ran 87 kilometres in nine hours, ten minutes. And so I'm just really confused because that's an entirely different time frame and a different distance. Though I have just seen something on Facebook, actually. Someone mentioned um, 4448, which is four miles every four hours for 48 hours which i guess must be what this is because it's six and a half kilometers so it's irish though with metric so was that his total time was i don't know i just did he run just for nine hours 10 minutes straight and do 87k or did he do it separately over those two days and put smush it all into one workout it's not really a bullshit story this it's just a confusing one because he's obviously run really far and he's raised some money and it's great i just don't understand it this is like when they messed up all those GCSE maths papers, isn't it? And it's just none of it makes sense. Like, yeah, maybe he thought like 78,000 metres, but why would you... It's like it's a typo or they're confused. Why would you even... Who says 78,000 metres? Who measures things like that? Yeah. Like, that's the whole point of having kilometres, you know? Why would you measure something in metres that's 78,000 metres? Yeah, and... I assume this is a local newspaper. We've just got like a photo of it just cropped out. But how many people saw, how many editors saw the headline that said 78,000 kilometres in two days? That's twice around the world. Did no one pick up that this was wrong? That's really strange. And they can't even use the excuse of like, well, they normally use miles and all that because it's in Ireland. So they use use kilometres over there. So they can't even say, oh, they were just doing it in kilometres to make it sound bigger. And they got confused because they literally use kilometres over there. Yeah. I was interested, actually, because I just, as I said, saw this 4448 thing. I saw someone mention they wanted to do it. So this idea of running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And I'm just kind of thinking, it's a slightly strange challenge in a way, just because four miles every four hours isn't that difficult. I suppose over 48 hours, that's 48 miles over 48 hours. 
I suppose that is different. I suppose the difficulty of it is that you only get to sleep for like, a couple of hours at a time. And I just kind of think, I don't really understand the point of it. Like these other ones running like a mile or two miles on every hour almost makes more sense to me. This one, four where, miles every yeah, four hours it? seems like an yeah. odd interval. Yeah, where does it come from? Where is there significance in the fours? Do you know what I mean? Like, is there some, does it mean something? Yeah, the 4448 running challenge is like a known challenge um it's i'm just reading about it here uh someone saying they first learned of the challenge when, when david goggins a tough ex-navy seal made billionaire jesse itzler itzler do it in the book living with a seal and it's just like <laughs> i don't know i don't know so an ex-navy seal made a billionaire do it um as like a running challenge yeah i think the idea is the fact is you just have to keep going you know you have to wake up after a couple of hours sleep and do another four miles and get another couple of hours sleep but i just yeah it's just a very strange i mean they're all pretty arbitrary these kind of challenges but this just seems like an odd one especially the friend i know who's doing it has done 60 mile races and he's done those in like 12 hours or something so um so i wasn't quite sure if this would be the same kind of challenge i don't know i don't know um, th- there's not really a huge amount of um, news out other than this, unfortunately. Uh, there were some more stupid records. I, d- I, mean, I don't want to do them in much detail anymore because they're just stupid. Uh, there's the 100-mile treadmill record, 11 hours and 19 minutes. Fuck's sake. And the fastest mile dribbling a basketball, 4 minutes and 37 seconds. That's pretty good, though. I'd that's, like to see yeah. a video of that. Like, That's a fast mile anyway. I'd like to see a, f- a shortened video of it because I think watching the whole thing would be a little bit boring. It's only I mean, 10, 15 seconds minutes. would be fine. <laughs> I'm not watching the whole thing. It's just a man bouncing <laughs> the ball and running. I want to see how he dribbles it because that's, like, that's a fast mile anyway. Four minutes, 37 seconds. It's pretty good, yeah. Try and dribble a basketball at the same time. I, for one, am impressed. <laughs> okay, good for you. Uh, and by the time this is out, um, Johnny Gregorek will have either broken the Blue Jeans mile record or not. That's on... That was on Saturday night, so I'm going to stay up. I'll try and watch that tonight if I can. Hey there, just a little quick update for you during the edit. Johnny Gregorek did indeed break the Blue Jeans mile world record in a time of 4 minutes, 6.25 seconds. Can you imagine the chafing? Finally here, Runner's World have a charming article on bad habits their readers have picked up in lockdown. I couldn't really see the running link, apart from it's the people who read it are probably runners. Um, They basically just asked people for their bad habits and they sent them in. Uh, These range from making people feel bad for eating snacks during one of the greatest pandemics in history. You bastards. Um, Things like napping and sleeping whilst furloughed or laid off or working from home. Can you believe it? Uh, some people are even wearing comfortable clothes. And, and Amy, most bizarrely, there are some people not wearing bras whilst <gasps> working from home or not working at all. I mean, Disgusting. that is shocking. These bad habits have to be stamped out. That, I'm doing pretty much all those things on a daily basis. Like, I might be going to put five, but I'm taking like a two-hour nap in the middle of the day. So <laughs> yeah, That's a bad habit. It's a bad habit. I'm stuffing my face. Yeah, just I'm, I'm not even... I'm not even furloughed, so... <laughs> One of the bad eating habits they had on there, someone was saying, oh, I'm eating nut butter straight off the spoon. I'm like, that's a good thing. Peanut butter or any kind of nut butter is good because it's nuts. The thing is, like, they create it, though, with all these all these articles about you got to run this far to burn off a donut or whatever, then suddenly people are freaking out about eating nut butter off a spoon. I mean, who gives a shit? That's a healthy thing to eat. Shut up. Fucking hell. <laughs> 
So, Stuart, what's next? What's coming up? There is a little bit of excitement. I don't want to hype it too much just yet because it, we haven't done it yet. But if it comes off, the next episode will be the greatest ever. I mean, that's just a very small thing to slip in there. I'm not saying I'm excited, but I am making a trailer for it. So There's a lot riding on this. There is. Now I've said it, um, now yeah. it has to happen. So, it you know, it may, the next episode may or not, may not be brilliant. Who knows? It'll be the best episode in all our lives. Our lives as the hosts and the listeners' lives, for sure. If we just keep saying it, it'll be true. That's how you yeah. make truth these days. Yeah, and if it doesn't happen, we can just pretend this conversation never happened. And be like, what? I don't know what we'll, you're bl- about. we'll blame China, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you have any China. bullshit, Amy? What's um, coming up? More 5am runs? Yeah, tomorrow I'm going to get up and run. You know what, the other week I went for a nine mile run. That's like the furthest I've been for like ages. The... So tomorrow, maybe double figures. Blimey, I did 12k today, which is like seven, seven a bit miles. That is the furthest I run in six weeks, actually, which I was surprised by because I've just been running. I've just been keeping all mine about 10k. So yeah, I've not been running too far. Uh, are you going to do any cross training? Any of that planned in? No, because this is the thing, like... If the gym was open, of course I'd be going to the gym. I enjoy the gym, as in like the gym I go to. The gym I go to, not like the gym for plebs, you know. Not a common gym. (laughs) No, not a proper gym. My special gym. Um, That sounds really weird. Uh, But the thing is, I think I've said before that I have like a a thing that I've bought, like a training plan from my gym to do like bodyweight stuff. I fucking hate bodyweight. So it's not going to happen. I haven't done any cross training. The, The only thing I could sort of, consider cross-training is walking the dog i walk the dog and that's it walking not really cross-training just how we get about as humans really isn't it that's that's just like running but easier and doesn't actually help exactly it's just yeah i need to do cross-training i need to do some body weight stuff what i think i need to do is is i need to do body weight stuff that doesn't get my heart rate up and make me out of breath and exhausted so like loads of planks or something i don't know Yep. But I need to do something, or else I'm going to be injured again. And finally, a final shout-out to our Patreon $1 donors. So we've got Angela, Ben, Brian, Charlie, Liz, Harry, John, Jonathan, Chris, Larry, Len, Louise, Matt, Jones, Caffin, Huggett, Moena, Rich, Steph. And if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit www.runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, and social medias. Amy, stay alert next week. We get to meet people from other households next week. Do you have any friends that you want to see? No, and no, I don't. Not now. Not after the incident. (laughs) Let's finish there. I hate it. It is monotonous. Monotonous? Oh, God. I hate it. It is monotonous. Monotonous. Why can't I say that word? I hate it. It is monotonous. (laughs) Fucking hell. Right.